1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com. Your phone call is welcome at
2: 869-1330. This is The John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS. <laughs> i a flag wave and patriotic nephew of my Uncle Sam, a rough riding fighting Yankee man.
1: I love mom. Welcome back I'm to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure if you ever miss an episode, just visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and True social pages and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. It's been a busy day, or rather week, at the United States Supreme Court with two monumental decisions. Joining us now to kind of walk us through those decisions is someone who is very familiar with, with the United States Supreme Court having argued in front of them on more than one occasion, uh, is our own uh, Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt and the next governor of the state of Kansas. Derek, uh, General, it's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend.
2: John, always good to be with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, let me ask, let me start here, General. I know that, you, like myself, you're a very pro life. You've been a, a long supporter of the pro life uh, community. Uh, you know, let me start there with the reversal of Roe, and I, I saw the statement that your campaign put out this week. It was a great statement. i, I It just kind of really summed it up for us. But I, just your personal thoughts and your reflections on on that decision?
2: Well, the court got it right, John. And you know this has been a long time in coming. So many people have worked for so hard, so long and so hard within the system. Uh, To advocate for the court to take another look at its erroneous decision from the 1970s and and the court finally did the right thing. At at the end of the day Roe was incorrectly decided and as many commentators on both the right and the left have said over the years it it really was an exercise in raw judicial power which is what Justice White said uh, way back as a dissenter in that original decision. Or to put another way, it was a political decision. It yeah. was a political bargain or compromise. It wasn't an application of constitutional law, and that's what the court said this last week in Dobbs when they, when they ultimately reversed Roe and its progeny case and said uh, this this was incorrect from the start. This should never have been a matter for a decision by the United States Supreme Court and the federal courts. These are political questions to be decided by Americans debating and persuading each other, which is how we deal with most difficult and, and important decisions in our society. So the court got it right, and I'm very pleased with that.
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing, you said it just in the start of your answer there, when you talked about working within the system, people— you know, like Tim Hand and and David Gittrich down here, Mary Wilkerson, you know, who've been working in Kansas in the pro-life community, but they did it through the system. And I think that's one of the things that's frustrated me as we've seen the rioting in Portland and these pro attacks on these pro-life centers. That's that's how the left has responded. You know, when the pro-life community was trying to get the law changed, they worked within the system. They advocated, they petitioned the courts, they changed the state laws so that they could get to the Supreme Court. They didn't go out and burn stuff. They didn't loot. They didn't, you know, graffiti. They didn't firebomb pro-life clinics or abortion clinics for that matter.
2: America works, John. And I I know that sometimes uh, people of good faith on all sides of all issues get frustrated and, and, and they wring their hands and they say, you know, this terrible system that we've gotten ourselves into that's gridlocked. But the truth is America works. And at the end of the day, people who are determined and are persistent and are right have the ability to affect change by working through this remarkable system that we've inherited from those who came before and that I hope we're going to hand off uh, just as healthy to those who come after. And this is evidence of it. The right outcome prevailed.
1: Uh, The other major case was the New York State Rifle Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. This was another situation where I I was surprised it had taken this long where you had you know, folks in New York who were trying to get a concealed carry permit and had to jump through so many hoops to try and in most cases were still denied a concealed carry permit. It seemed like it was in direct violation of this, their Second Amendment rights, but it took the right court and the right case before we could finally have those rights affirmed for New Yorkers, didn't it?
2: That's exactly right. Uh, You know, we've talked before the long arc of uh, development by the U.S. Supreme Court of Second Amendment jurisprudence. It's been very slow in coming, but it's been moving uh, consistently in the right direction. As you know, there hadn't been a U.S. Supreme Court decision on interpreting the Second Amendment since the 1930s. Right until about a decade ago when uh, the Heller decision was handed down. And then quickly after that, the McDonald decision was handed down, which the two of them worked together to say that um, both states and the federal government are limited uh, in what they can do to regulate Second Amendment rights by the federal constitution. That doesn't sound like an earth-shattering proposition. Many of us have known for many, many years that that was true, but finally the court said it, and then the court went dark. And for more than a decade, didn't take another Second Amendment case, or at least didn't decide one. Um, and we thought that, the, you know, we've been advocating on this now for years, as you know, since Heller and MacDonald, uh, saying we'd like the court to further define the scope of that right or the restriction on governmental power. Um, and, and essentially the question here was, uh, Heller and McDonald were about having firearms within a person's home. The next logical question is, well, does that Second Amendment protection extend outside a person's home? Right. We've always thought the answer was yes. The court said yes. It's a great next step. So how do these
1: impact Kansas? I know, obviously, the Roe decision, I mean, if we don't pass value them both here next month, then Kansas, I mean, we had Brittany Jones on earlier, and she gave us that figure. I was shocked. But they're forecasting 100,000 abortions a year in Kansas if if we don't undo what the kansas supreme court did that's how roe will if that decision will affect kansas does the uh does the bruin case affect uh, our second amendment rights at all here in kansas
2: well i know as a practical matter i don't think it's going to have a lot of effect because kansas is a matter of public policy not just as a matter of constitutional law has been a very pro-second amendment state especially in the last decade and a half so I you know, I don't think we're not like New York where the, the state government is trying to restrict Second Amendment rights and therefore the courts needed to step in and restrain the state government. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of direct practical well, effect in Kansas. Let, me, inter- let me interrupt you there, see, though.
1: If yeah. Laura Kelly wins, then, you know, that's a different story because that governor is I mean, she has she's not a friend of the Second Amendment. She is not. A, she's she is adverse to the
2: Second Amendment. Right on, John. I do think that what, what's happened with, uh, uh, you know, with the New York rifle and pistol case is that the, it's now clear that Kansas can't go backwards. Right. Yes. It's like a ratchet uh, that the federal courts have put a constitutional floor under some of the pro Second Amendment decisions that we've made together over the last decade. And that's really critical, as you point out, because, you know, we do have people in public life in Kansas who want to go the opposite direction. We've always been able to restrain them in recent years uh, through the political process. Now, I think they'll be further restrained by a judicial process. Were they to uh, Were they to prevail?
1: And on Roe, I think it, it it just reinforces the need to pass value them both here on the second.
2: Hundred percent. At the end of the day, uh, very little, if anything, changed in Kansas as a result of the Dobbs decision, the Roe reversal, because of that erroneous Kansas Supreme court decision and Hodes yeah. and Nauser and that's what value them both is all about. So it's uh it's like a, it's like a, a, a race with two hurdles. One has been cleared, but there's still one more. And unless and until that happens, nothing changes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're talking with attorney general Derek Schmidt uh, as early as Monday, general, we could get a ruling on the Kennedy case this is the one involving the, uh, the the football coach that you know like to kneel in prayer at the uh, you know on the, on the game after the game uh, did not was this wasn't a requirement he didn't require his players to do it it was just you know wanted to give thanks to uh, for for a safe game and of course he got fired for doing it um, a lot of folks think that the court will probably side in his favor um, what if you looked at this case at all what do you think.
2: Very much. We're involved in the case as an amicus uh, supporting Coach Kennedy. We've actually been involved in all of the cases on the prevailing side, all of them we've talked about tonight. There actually was another important religious liberty case decided this last week in Maine where the court held, the U.S. Supreme Court held that States that decide to provide financial support subsidies uh, to private schools, yes, that's right. They can do so, but if they do so, they may not discriminate against private parochial schools. And so, uh, that was a great decision, a very important decision, and it, it has the potential to go hand in glove with the Coach Kennedy case, depending on what the court does, in terms of having two very strong pro religious liberty outcomes here within the final two weeks of the term. So, we've been in and advocating for those as we were on the Second Amendment case and the Dobbs case, and Uh, I I think we're going to potentially, knock on wood here, finish very strong in the U.S. Supreme Court with the decisions that were handed down last week. Presumably the final decisions of the term coming this week. We have the Coach Kennedy uh, case. We have the Remain in Mexico case where we're challenging the Biden administration's uh, attempts to uh, roll back the Trump remain in Mexico policy on immigration. We have an important greenhouse gas case that's really more than that. It's about the power of federal agencies to essentially make law outside of the power Congress has given them. So we have some really big ones left. And uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful this court's going to uh, finish strong and we're going to run the table on all of them.
1: Derek, I hate to take up a lot of your Sunday evening. I want to pivot real quick if I can ask you two campaign related questions. I I saw that uh, the police unions endorsed you uh, this year in your in your race for governor. Four years ago, didn't they endorse Laura Kelly?
2: They did, John. And uh, I am so grateful to our friends at the uh, Fraternal Order of Police. Uh, of course, they represent a lot of law enforcement officers in our state. You and I worked together for many years, including while you were in the legislature. Yep. Back in the blues, supporting public safety, supporting law enforcement, being very solid on that. And I was uh, truly grateful that the Kansas uh, FOP decided to, I believe they unanimously decided to endorse me this time. Uh, That's a reversal from where they were in 2018 when they backed uh, now Governor Kelly. So the momentum's headed our way on that.
1: I, I hope that's the case. The other thing, I haven't had a chance to talk to you, our listeners. Haven't had a chance to meet her yet. I know I, I've talked to uh, I've talked to CJ and Eric about getting her on the show, but you, since the last time you came on, you picked a running mate. And Katie Sawyer, I know Katie. I've had a chance to talk to her a few times when she worked for uh, Senator Marshall, but I mean, I think it's a great choice. I think, uh, and I see the two of you have been out on campaign events. She's already working the stump.
2: Yes, absolutely, John. She's a, a terrific person, a great Kansan. Uh, I know that it's not a household name, but we'll, we're going to make it uh, become one. Uh, Katie Sawyer is a, a solid person who believes in the value of public service, a good conservative who you know, has dedicated a big portion of her life trying to make this a better state uh, in order to live in. And uh, I was thrilled that she and her family, it's a family choice, were willing to step up and answer to call to service and run with me as my running mate. So uh, Katie's terrific. I'm looking forward to her meeting more Kansans and, and getting to know your listeners. And I would say this is not a qualification. It's just uh, an, an attribute. But uh, the moment that we take the oath of office, uh, after we win in November, we take the oath of office in January, Katie Sawyer will be the youngest Republican lieutenant governor in the country. She's 38. Huh. And I think that's important just to make the point. Um, you know, we're not going back. We're going forward. This state has a great future and uh, we've got to make sure that, that we address the needs going forward.
1: Well, and I think having that perspective makes a difference. You know, it, there's just something to be said about someone who's got young kids in, in the house and is can can relate to that people who, you you and I are a little older, we don't relate necessarily, you know, (laughs) so there's nothing wrong with that. And, and, you know, as for the the not the household name, I mean, Tracy Mann, when he was selected to be lieutenant governor, wasn't, you know, necessarily a household name out except in Western Kansas. And he's turned out to be a fantastic congressman and was a great lieutenant governor. So I, I think that's a good precedent that you've set.
2: Katie Sawyer will be a terrific lieutenant governor. She's a, a solid, forward-looking Kansan who loves this state, and um, I'm looking forward to more Kansans getting to know her and, uh, and looking forward to her services as lieutenant governor.
1: Well, General, uh, thank you again, you know, for coming on, for giving us your perspective, uh, for the work that you've done as attorney general. I cannot wait to see the work that you do as governor. Um, if folks are interested, if they want more information, if they want to donate, or by the way, I want a yard sign. Um, it's schmidt correct?
2: That's it. schmidt for the word for, F-O-R, Kansas.com. And uh, it's time to get up and go. So we welcome all the support and help. Let's go get this job done.
1: Appreciate you, General. We'll uh, we'll have you on again, I'm sure, at some point.
2: Thanks, John. Take care.
1: Appreciate you. We're going to pay a few bills when we return We'll discuss how the proposed changes to Title IX threaten women's sports with Senator Renee Erickson. You're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.